You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. Ready to jump into the Word? Huh? Boy, it's been a good day already, hasn't it? Huh? It's been a really, really good day. You know, uh, we have been uh, in a series. How many of you this has helped these last, well, I don't even know what week we're in. Does anybody know what week we're in? It's like 75, right? Well, we started this in like 96, I think. I think we started this back then. It's, but we've been dealing with this series on what we believe as a church. And we've been just getting back to the foundations and our doctrines of of what we believe, what our worldview is, and how it is shaped by what the Bible says. And the reason we've been doing this is to make sure that it, and and I'm going to sound like a little bit of a broken record. You understand that repetition is a good thing? You know that Jesus kind of taught on the same thing like over and over and over again because he knew that the guys around him like weren't getting it, right? And so sometimes we have to kind of beat things until I see like you guys, I want to, like you need to see this. I preach and teach this stuff until I see you guys literally have this look on your face. We know, we know, we get it. And then I'm like, okay, we can move on. And you know what Ryan's thinking right now? Is that all that it took is for me to do that? I would have been doing that for years now. But I just need to see that look in your face, right? Because the reason what we're doing is we're talking about what we believe. We are replacing, making sure that we have replaced the doctrine, the worldview of Chris Taylor with the worldview of how God would want us to see the world. And not only see the world, but interact with the world, right? And we started this back, and, and we're going to kind of pick us up to where we are. We started, and we used this ladder because it's, it's well, it's just fun, and I get bored. Um, but we used this ladder, and we started with, We started with the authority of God, right? Everything starts with the authority of God. That God is the ultimate authority. He defines everything. He created everything. And because of that, he has the right to shape and define everything that we do, right? And how many of you are are created beings, meaning you are part of that creation? Raise your hand if you you are. I want to make sure I'm sitting around people I... That, that know who they are. Okay, good. So that means if you're a created being and, and you are, you, that, that you didn't make your matter and, and you were a part of this creation, that means if his authority is real, then he has the right to your life. And he has the right to define you. And he has the right to shape you. What if I don't like that? Well, it doesn't matter because he's the one that makes the rules, Right? And so it's shifting this idea of having my worldview, my life being my own. I get to define my truth. No, you don't. No, you don't. The the creator, the one that invented the game, gets to define the rules. And so then we begin to talk about the word of God. And the word of God is the revelation of who the authority is. And it points to him. And it's not a roadmap for your life. It's a revelation of who God is to us. And then we saw the word becoming flesh and his son Jesus. And what that meant for us. And that he came down to get creation instead of creation having to work his way up. And then we saw our response of how do we respond to what Jesus did? Well, we repent and then we're baptized. Well, then how in the world am I supposed to do all of this under my own power? I'm just a broken man or a broken woman. Good news, the Holy Spirit was sent to empower you to do the very thing 
But what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to do this alone? No. You're wired into a community called the church to walk through this with you, to, to hold you accountable and, and for you to walk in truth together with others, right? Are you guys following me? Are you seeing that there, there's a reason why we're doing this? And what's amazing is, is by the time we get done with this, you and the goal of this, you should be able to share this story in your own words and not just say, I go to church. Hey, come to... Your response to those around you should never just be, come to church. No, you are the church and you have a job to do, right? And so we talked through all of that and and, and now what I want to do is, is we're kind of shifting gears. I'm not going to say we're shifting gears so hard, but it, it's going to feel like a shifting of gears, but it's a kind of a big one. It's kind of a big one because we're going to deal with something that, that most of us don't deal with on a daily basis because we can only see kind of what's in front of us. But I want to deal with what we believe about eternity, what we believe about us in eternity. Can we do that today? All right, so let's pray before we jump into this. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. Father, as we gather together as believers, wired together as the body, Father, as we gather together, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here, enlightening our word, enlightening your word to our hearts and changing us and directing us and pointing us back to the one we follow. Father, today let our ears be open, our hearts be receptive. And let our knees be weak if we have to repent and move towards you. Father, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everybody would say, amen. amen. Well, let me just read this statement. And this will kind of lay the course of where we are headed today. And again, for those of you that are note takers, I apologize ahead of time. Uh, just because we're going to go through a lot of uh, uh, scriptures today. Is that fair? Huh? You have donuts, you have coffee, you can make it. All right? But we're, if, and I'll tell you something, the podcasts are now up. They're probably going to be up within almost a day now. And so if you miss something, you can go back and you can listen to it at Freedom Church STL on Spotify and Apple Music. And I think you can even pick it up on like ham radios. I don't know how it works, but you can, it's, you, it's out there, okay? You can get it. You can get it. You can go back and listen to it, okay? But I'm just going to read this statement. And it simply says this. We as a church believe that life does not end at death. Whether you believe or not believe in Christ, life continues eternally either with him or separated from him. We believe he desires for all to be with him. And we need to, that, that is a bold, underlined thing. We don't believe that he, he's just out for some. We believe that he desires. Yeah, you yeah, your crazy uncle. Yeah, even your neighbor that doesn't cut their lawn. Even them. We believe he desires for all to be with him and has made a way for this. We, therefore, are compelled to abandon our grasp on things of this earth and point others to him. Boy, that's a mouthful, isn't it? It's a lot of stuff. I'm going to read it one more time. We believe that life does not end at death. Whether you believe or not believe in Christ, life continues eternally, either with him or separated from him. We believe he desires for all to be with him and has, been, and has made a way for this. We therefore are compelled, we as a church, followers of Christ, are compelled to abandon our grasp on the things that, of this earth and point others to him. 
You hear that? Does that make sense to you? That, that's pretty simple English, but it's laying the foundation of, of where we are going today, okay? I want you to go to Hebrews 9, verse 27 and 28. We'll just start there, and we're just going to work our way through this. We're going to let the word kind of lay the foundation, because here's the thing, and, and we're going somewhere today, as we always are. We're going somewhere we're not going to just, I'm not just going to give you, hey, we believe that, that, that life is eternal. Amen. Have a great Sunday. There's a practical application of why believers should have this foundation in our lives. And we're going to get there. And this is, and we're going to deal with why when we don't have this foundation or we're not conscious of eternity on a daily basis, why even as believers we get caught up in the things of the world that we were never designed to be caught up in. So we're going to answer some of these questions, okay? So let's just kind of, and, and, and listen to me, I, I would be boastful and arrogant if I could wrap all of the discussion of eternity up into 45 or an hour and 45 or two hours, however long I decide to go. It would be boastful or arrogant for me to think that I could do that. I am scratching the surface in this. Do you hear me? Is that fair? Okay. Hebrews chapter 9, starting in verse 20, or 27, says this. Just as people are to die once, unless you're Lazarus, um, and after that to face the judgment. Meaning the Bible is clearly going to say here in Hebrews that just as you are destined to die once, there is something that takes place after that. And what is it? Dun, dun, dun. What is it? Judgment. judgment. <laughs> right? Oh, this is good news, right? How to Build a Church by Chris Taylor. Talk on judgment right after you die. This is good stuff. No, what it's saying here is something that we need to pick up on. It, we don't just die and end. We don't just die and end. There is something that then happens. For the unbeliever or the believer alike, judgment comes, right? But here's the good news. In verse 28, we're going to pick it up, and it's going to say this. So Christ, so just as judgment's coming now that once died, so now Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. You need to see this. Eternity was a part of the plan. You follow me on this? Eternity was a part of the plan. God didn't make this up. God didn't design creation and then just go, yep, I'm going to make them and they're going to have this space and then I'm going to be done with them. No, there was a plan, right? And in that plan, there was the fall of man and we've talked about that. We talked about our rebellion, our brokenness towards him, right? And so he sends Christ, right? So we die, now us, a created being, we now step out of what we would call our time frames, right? Our, whether it's 80 years or 180 years, right? If you really work out and eat your proteins or whatever that is, right? Do push-ups. So whatever those years are that we get, right? God, once we die, once we pass on, once we did, something happens. And that thing that happens is called judgment. Why is there judgment? Why? I'll tell you why. Because we serve a holy God. Did you hear what I just said? The reason the thing that happens is because we serve a holy God. Oh, but I thought he was all loving. Yes, he is all loving. But in the same breath, you cannot substitute loving for holiness. 
And if God was not all holy, then he could not be all loving. And if he wasn't all loving, then he couldn't be all holy. And so in his plan with this, is he says, my created beings are going to die. There is a point in time for every man to die. And when that happens, judgment's going to happen. Now, because I'm holy, I have to judge things that are a failing. Because everything is in the light of me. And everything is going to fall short. So instead of just allowing creation to just burn away, he says, I'll make a plan. And the plan is his son. We talked about that. So Christ comes to intervene, dies for the things that we're going to be judged for. Why? So that we could stand in front of him during that judgment in right standing. Not because of what you do or how good you are or how well you lived your life or your moral calendar that you checked off or how many times you went to church or how many times you uh, 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 volunteered in the nursery, even though I think that that will get you heaven quicker, okay? I'm just saying. I don't know if that's biblical. I'm just saying, let's, just in case, you should volunteer, right? Right. So, so, but the good news is it's not all those things. The reason and the way we can handle that which is going to happen to us eternally, which is judgment in the face of a holy God, we're not standing there on our own as believers. Christ said, I'm going to come and die as a part of the plan and stand in between you and the Father, and God will look on me as the sacrifices for your sin so you can do this. Are you following me on this? Most of you are sitting there going, yeah, yeah, I know that. But we're going somewhere. What I'm trying to say is, is something happens after you take your last breath. And something happens. And it's, here's the good news. Well, here's what's even crazy. It's not just judgment, period, and that's it. That's just the thing that happens first. Okay, so then what? Well, I, I, I'm glad you asked that question. Let's go to a felt verse, all right? Let's go to John chapter 3. Come on, I feel like I should put on like a clown wig right now and hold up a sign. John 3, 16, right? I miss that guy at games. John 3, 16, verse 16 through 18. Let's just read this because I need you to see that this was part of the plan. This was part of the plan, not just for our 80 years that God gives us, for, but for the plan of eternity, meaning your plan going into eternity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Why? Because there is judgment coming because he's a holy God. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Now, now here's something. How many of you have ever uh, read that verse or quoted that verse? Come on, raise your hand. We will judge you. We're not a perfect church. All right? Come on now. It's John 3, 16. Goodness gracious. But I need you to hear me say this. He uses two words there. He uses the word perish, and he also uses the word eternal life. Perishing is not it's over and it's done, and then I accept Christ, and I get to have something that is eternal. Both are eternal. One is perishing, separated from my God, separating it from him. I am eternally perishing. But I can, because of what Christ did for me, if I receive that, I can now stand and have what? Eternal life. Meaning that something can go on. Life is a good word, right? Life is a good word. It's a lot better than perish. And so he did something so that we would have eternal. Not that you get eternity. You're already going to get eternity whether you believe this or not. So you either perish or you have eternal life. You follow me on this? Now, let's look at this real quick. And then it goes on. 
It goes on in verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. You need to underline that in your Bible. Everybody's got verse 16 underlined. But this is something that you need to remind. Remember what we talked about at the beginning of service. When the enemy comes and tries to condemn you. I'm sorry, I'm not condemned because I've repented and believed in him. And he's forgiven me. It says it right there. Son to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands what? Condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Come on! Condemned? That ain't fair. That's not fair at all. Wait a second. I, 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 thought, I thought he was a God of love, and now I'm standing condemned? What kind of God would condemn somebody? What kind of God, what kind of evil, vile God, big-fisted God in heaven would condemn somebody? Well, he didn't. In fact, he says that you stand condemned already unless you believe in his son. So, so it's not that you are condemned. He doesn't condemn you. It is your position you stand on for the sin that's in your life that is held up against that judgment in Hebrews that's not going to stand. Are you following me on this? Like this is simple stuff, but, but I need you to see this because this is the argument that you're going to get. I, you know what? I can't go to church and hang out with a God that would just, you know, I, I just serve this God that's a God of love and, and he would never be angry. He would, he would never, ever, you know, uh, he would never have a problem with, with anything and he would love me, never condemn me. I don't want to go to a church that would say that. Well, then you serve a God that is wishy-washy. I don't know that God. In fact, that God is terrifying. A God, follow me on this. A God that is wishy-washy and that can change his views from Gail to Jeff and what he's cool with with what Gail does and he's cool with what Jeff does and he's cool with what Mike does and what Mike gets away with, he's okay with and what Jeff gets okay with, he's okay with. That is, that's a terrifying God. That's a terrifying God. Because what if he's just like, nah, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. But because of his holiness, he is permanent because of his holiness he stands and because of that and then and then his his outpouring of love is not in the fact that that he just goes I'll look away guys get on in here I got you a house it's got a pool get on in here right it's gonna be good come on I know, I know, all that wickedness in your life, all that, all those thoughts of evil things, all those things, all that wicked, all that pride and arrogance. No, 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 just come on in. No, no, no. That ain't love. That's not love. Because at any moment he could just go, no, I don't want to do that. And so he made a way. He said, I'm a steadfast God who's holy, who there will be judgment. Why? Because I'm fully holy, but I'm also fully loved. Well, how did he show that? Well, he showed that in Jesus coming and saying, I'm going to stand in the gap for you in between that which is coming and that which you deserve. So this whole idea of fair, this whole idea of fair of, of being condemned eternally and people saying in the pushback of people saying, I wouldn't serve a God like that. Well, you look back at them and say, well, I wouldn't serve a God that's schizophrenic. 
I'd rather serve a God that's steadfast in his holiness and then made a way for me who cannot be holy without him to gain access to him. That's the God I want to serve. The God who is fully holy and yet fully loves me in the person of Christ. Are you following me on this? Now, I really could just say amen and let you go, but I'm not going to do that. So let's keep going. Are you still with me today? Because what I've given you right now is just laying the foundation of this. I want you to see some assurance here. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And starting in verse 14 through 18, it just says this in 14. It says, because I want to start getting into the why this truth matters. Because this truth matters not just in dialogue, not just in our minds, not just in a, oh, uh, yeah, 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 there's heaven and, and it, there's going to be some angels and a, like a baby with a harp flying around. That'll be awesome. No, this, this is substance to it and it affects us as believers or should on a daily, daily basis. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 says this, Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and pre present us with you to himself. And this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Why do I bring that up? Over and over there is an assurance that we ain't done. Over and over and over in the word of God does it give us foundation that when we take our last breath, it ain't over for you. If, he, if we believe that he raised Christ from the dead and that same power is still active, he is surely going to raise us to the dead and present us to the Father with him, not on our own, but with him. Are you following me on this? Now, now here's where we get into why this is so important. Why is it so important to have this foundation and not just be somebody that goes, yep, there's going to be a sweet by and by and I'm just going to sit here and make it one day and it'll be awesome. Well, it says this in verse 16. Now that we have this assurance of eternity, it says this in verse 16. Therefore, anytime the Bible says therefore, what, is, what should we do? Huh? Who said that? Yeah, what should we do? So when it says, therefore, it is pointing back to a statement that it just made, right? So therefore, so therefore that we have this assurance, then what does that mean for us going forward? Well, I'm glad you asked that. It says this, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, some of us faster than others, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light's and momentary, and you need to underline that. Please underline that in your Bible. For our light and momentary troubles. Who wrote this book, 2 Corinthians? Anybody know? Uh, how many times was he in prison? How many times was he beaten for the faith? So he's saying the words light and momentary troubles. For, in the light, uh, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us what? An eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we do what? We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is what? Temporary. But what is unseen is what? Eternal. Guys, 
there, there's some heaviness here. All of a sudden, our view changes. All of a sudden now, we've gone from just somebody that just goes, yep, sweet by and by, baby fat angels flying around with harps. It's going to be awesome, whatever. But I don't think about it on Tuesday. Paul is saying, wait a second. And then in this context, therefore that I have this assurance that, that something's going to happen eternally, and I'm, I'm eternal and I'm a part of that, then therefore it should change how I view what I'm going through. It should change how I view how I even look at my life. In fact, let me use this example. Ryan, can you come here just for a second? Thanks, buddy. Ryan, I'm going to do something. Would you take that? Just come stand up here. So, and I'm going to say this even in the context of as a believer, okay? Not the world. The world doesn't even see themselves in the scope of eternally. And if they do, they think they're coming back as a tree or it's just going to be dirt and they're dust in the wind and, you know, all that stuff. But in a believer's life, and how many of you say, I'm a believer? I'll wait because he can see through ceilings. Okay. And so you say you're a believer, but yet, if we don't have this foundational truth in us, meaning if we do not have this foundation of we are eternal and that there's something going on here and we don't have this rock solid, then what can happen is this. We can begin to view our life in this context, right? That there's a beginning and there's an end. And it's this short. It looks good, right? And let's be nice to Ryan. Like, right, we're, we're, we're not going to be like, here's your 10, here's your, like, we're not going to do that. Like, here's your two and three and four and five, right, here, and here's like year 275, right? Right, that, that's what that is. Let's just give it to him, right? It's family Sunday, okay? It's family Sunday. But, but even in this shortness, right, if Ryan does not have this foundation that something goes past this, that something goes past this, then what will happen is, is he will change how he goes through this. He will then change how he views what's happening to him in this. And as a believer, something else will happen. All of a sudden, when God begins to speak to him and call him into things, that might be what Paul would say would be temporary pains and struggles all of a sudden, if he only sees his light in this context, then what will happen is, is he will try to, because he's thinking, this is all I got. So I got to do what? I got to make the best of it, right? And if I focus on got to make this the best of it, then anytime God calls me to something that might be a temporary pain, as Paul would say, or, or a temporary discomfort, now, oh, that can't be God. God, no, 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 God wants me healthy, wealthy, and, and, and rich, and, and on an island somewhere, Larry, right? Right, that, that's what he wants out of my life. That's what he wants. And so anytime that there's discomfort, no, 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 that can't be him. And so I run from those things, right? I run from those things, and I just focus on trying to make my life better. I gotta add to it. Why? Because this is all I got. I gotta make every day great. I gotta I gotta get more money so I can get more things. Why? Because I gotta fill up this space. Right? I gotta make more memories with my kids. I gotta, I gotta, they gotta be in every sport and everything, and there's 24 hours a day, every day, every hour on the on, on the calendar. It's gotta be filled with something. Why? Because this is all we got. This is all we got. We gotta fill it. We gotta fill it with stuff and trinkets and me. And who becomes the central focus of this? 
I'm sorry, who? I can't hear you. Yeah, everybody do this. Me. Yeah. You become the central focus of this. All while you're sitting in church, lifting your hands and making that face like something smells and singing, oh God, your will be done. You're so great. But it's about me, really. God, you're so great. Make this better. God, you're so awesome. Could you fill this stuff with really cool things? God, you're so amazing. Take away all my hurt and all my pain. That would maybe lead to me discovering, even though I know it's your will. Please take it away because I just want my life to be better and comfortable because I only see my life through this context. Are you follow me on this? And you don't think that this idea is in the church? You don't think that this mindset is in the church? You don't think this idea is in your pastor sometimes? I mean, it's not ever. Ever. <laughs> so, so stay with me real quick. I want to read you something. Go, go with me real quick. So I want you to see this. Ryan, you're going to just stay in there for a second. Go to John, our first John. Because I want to see why this is important. I want, to see, I want to give you an answer to why you still get hung up on things and why you get caught up in sins that seem worldly, yet you find yourself in church every Sunday and call yourself a believer. Why? Why am I still getting holds and grasp on me from the world? I'm glad you asked that question. In 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 15 through 17, it says this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. I didn't write that, by the way. Do not get mad at me. The love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life come not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires do what? Pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives, 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 not perishes, lives forever. So why and how can a believer still... Get caught up in the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Why do, are there people that are sitting in church services all across America and maybe even all across the world right now still getting caught up in those things because they don't see themselves through the eyes of eternity? And because of that, they chased after the lust of the eyes. Why do you see... It's Family Sunday. I'm trying to filter myself. Why do you see guys chasing things down after 20 years of marriage and other things. And they're in church. Why do you see people that have been in church all their life still chasing after the almighty daughter? I've got to add, 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 add more, 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 more. Never giving, just me, 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 me. Right? Why do you do, why do you have people that are still in church that, that all they want to do is just tell you about their great accomplishments and their great things and want to make sure that you know everything about, why do you got people in church that are, that are Tucking things back and scraping and pulling and all that kind of... Why do we have that? Maybe because, maybe because they've lost sight of the fact that they're eternal and this is just for a moment. Why does the enemy have place in your life to deal with you in the lust of your eyes, lust of the flesh and the pride of life? Because you're allowing him in because you don't remind him that this is but temporary. And so when God says, I need you to lay that thing down, instead of going, but this is all I got. What do you mean lay that down? What do you mean? But I want to, and you want me to have the desires of my heart. And we quote weird scriptures that have no application in that, right? 
You want me to have the desires of my heart so I can have this great thing. No, no, all of a sudden I see myself in the light of eternity and go, oh, you just want me to lay this down now for a brief moment for an eternal gain. Are you following me on this? Now, I'm going to leave you with this. It's, it says this. It says this. Go back with me real quick. Go back with me real quick. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. I just want to leave you with this. You can sit down. Thanks, buddy. It says this. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not earthly things. Guys, the only way, the only way for us to set our minds on things above and not on earthly things is if this foundation has taken over. If this foundation has taken the place of that short view mindset. The only way that we, the only way that we take our minds off the pride of life and the lust of the flesh is we no longer, Ryan, hold, hold this up real quick. No longer do we see ourselves through this momentary thing as just this is it, but we start seeing ourselves. Eric, will you take this? Go, go, go that way, Eric. Just run. Run like the wind. Eric, my wrist. Thank you, Eric. Eric, run like the wind. But we see ourselves. I'll protect you, my love. That's what I'm here for. But we see ourselves. Look at this. We see ourselves like this. Eternal, the never-ending rope. Right? Are you following me on this? Something has to be replaced. Something, I'm trying to protect you from getting into those sins of the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and the lust of the eyes. How, how are you going to do that? Stop viewing your life like this. And see your life like this. You know, the Bible says that when we come to Christ, all things, old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. You know the thing that becomes new when we come to Christ? We go from seeing our life like this to seeing our life like this. And we go from being a person that, that only thinks about this moment to God, whatever, whatever you have in your authority through the direction of your son, through the empowerment of your Holy Spirit, whatever you've called me to do, this momentary loss, this momentary pain, this momentary trouble, I see it in the light of eternity, and I see that you've put me here to reveal you, and so I'm going to do it, so I don't even look at it as trouble. I see that it's working in me an internal gain. Man, let it be so, God. Did you hear what I'm saying today? Does this help anybody? Huh? Man, the, the, the church has got to change. Thanks, Eric and Ryan. I appreciate it. You guys can do a big, giant game of jump rope later. It'll be awesome. But this, this has got to change, guys. This is not just a belief statement that we have on a website or a foundational statement. This is something that should affect your Tuesday. I'm eternal. Not when I get to eternity. I'm eternal now. And because of that view, it changes how I go through my day. It affects how I go through my day, and it also affects how I then share with others because I stop seeing them like this. And I see them, where are they going to be? So it changes that. Now let's do this. Let's take communion together.
Because what a great day to finish and take communion. Why? Why do we take communion? Because the Bible says, and Jesus says, do this in memory of me. And so what a great way to be reminded today that I am following after one that, that not only promised me that something's coming after, promised me that he's going to stand in the gap between me and a holy God and take my punishment that I deserve. And, but not only that, he, he affects me as I go throughout my days. Oh, man, that's good news. What a good way to end the service today. Man, I hope this is helping somebody. Let's pray before we take this. Father God, we thank you. Father God, this house, man, help us. Boy, it's so easy to just see us as the guy that's making it through Tuesday. Father, help us all to see ourselves in the light of eternity. Let us all fix our eyes on things that are eternal and take our eyes off the things of the world. And the only way I know how to do that is to put my eyes on the one that I'm following after and just lock in. And so, Father, today as we take this communion, the bread and the juice and the body broken and the blood shed, Father, let that be a reminder of us today. Affect us today, God. Change us. Let repentance come where it needs to come. Thank you. Let's go ahead and take communion. Thanks for joining. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.